Hello and welcome back to another episode of At Least It's Not Rocket Science. This is episode three. My name is Nathaniel and I'm your host, accompanied by my co-host, JJ. And unfortunately, we do not have our other co-host, Kyle, here today. Uh, he actually is down with the sickness. He just He's a little unwell, so he couldn't make it in today. But we do have another person right now to uh, talk about in his stead. And this person we will announce after our recap from uh, the last episode. A bit about the last episode is we had the team leader of Heart come on, and we got to learn more about the Heart Project and what their mission is, along with a few things about their propulsion stuff. And we also went into a little talk about some mammoth steaks, along with how <laughs> crab is the, the best form. Yes, uh, if everything any, becomes crab. If any of that sparked your interest or made you question what were they talking about, I recommend going back to episode two, checking it out. But today we'll see, or we'll proceed with our special guests that we have here. I'll let them introduce themselves, and you'll get to know a little bit more about them. Hey everybody, I'm Michael Wall. I'm on the uh, AgDrone Capstone team. That's kind of why they invited me on. And I'm a fifth year mechanical engineer here at OSU. Attaboy. <laughs> above four, above four. Yeah. And quick question, what does ag of the AgDrone mean? Agricultural. Agricultural. Hmm. We'll get into that a little bit more. Before we go there, we have a few more questions for you. All right. So, Michael, if that is your real name... I think so. That's what I was told. <laughs> where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Montana. I'm from a little town in kind of the like dead center Montana, Great Falls, and then uh, moved to Florence, which is in the Missoula area, and that's way western Montana. Montana is very big. I, I can't say that I've ever been to Montana. I've always wanted to go. Big sky country, right? Uh, yeah. Excuse me. <clears throat> Yeah, I was about to say, um, Montana, like Yellowstone, of course, is mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, it's basically just South Canada, right? But, I mean, we don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> <No>. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, didn't on, mean, I, didn't, I didn't mean to offend. Uh, yeah, I tried to just say, like, landmarks or, like, people know Helena and Missoula because Missoula's the big one. Helena's and, the capital, right? And Helena's the capital. And it's like, I'm not from Helena, I'm from the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like here how it's like, there's Salem, which is like, the capital but like portland is like the actual like city that everyone knows yeah. right so you grew up in montana so when did you when did you come to oregon then uh five years ago i i don't know why <laughs> you know what that was gonna be my next question <laughs> so i guess getting into that so wh why i moved here yeah um pretty much just googled good engineering schools near me and i was like well i've got I've got some friends who are from Oregon. I know some people who know the area. And I moved down here, started my freshman year. All my friends who moved down with me dropped out or left. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So you're the last one that so stayed. I, Abandoned. You know, it was a do or die situation. Like a, you know, complete restart. Wow. But it was good. Is your family still in music? Uh, I almost said Missouri. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I don't mean to offend again. Montana. Yes. Okay. And they in Missoula? Yeah. That's why that see that's that's why I almost mm. said this Missouri Missoula. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, and what is what is your major here at OSU? Uh, mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering. Do you have a minor? Yes, in aerospace. Ah, uh, yes. I also knew that as well, but <laughs> <laughs> we're all in the same class, of course. Yeah. And so, 
you have a major, or you don't have yet, but you're working on a major in mechanical engineering and aerospace. And so, what are you doing right now with that degree? Like, what are you what are you learning right now? And then this can you can relate this to either like stuff you're working on like specifically in class that you enjoy, or you could just talk about your capstone project and like how it's helping with your your agricultural drone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just to make sure, what am I learning right now, and then what am I doing with it right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the time. I don't mean to cut you off, but no. a lot of the time people learn stuff in school, especially engineering, and they say, when am I ever going to use this? Mm-hmm. So I think it's good for people to know the the kind of stuff that you're actively learning and then the active that what you're actively putting to work in, like, your, your project, for example. Yeah. No, uh, like our instrumentation class. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of a meme not to go to lecture <laughs> and, like, just kind of hang out, um, but we're actually using quite a bit of what we learn for AgDrone. I mean, we've joked among the team that we deserve electrical engineering degrees <laughs> with how much uh, electronics work we've had to do just to get the drone, like, back in shape. Uh, that's most of what I've been doing. And then I've used, uh, you know, basic engineering principles, statics and dynamics uh, at my job uh, at Stack HIP, or my internship at Stack HIP. Internship, you say? Mm-hmm. You want to tell a little bit more about that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, I just, out of the blue, I applied there. Uh, they were looking for a mechanical engineering intern. They were looking for somebody to set up their, I forget what, to, like a, a storage system, basically, to put a, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, so set up their storage system mm-hmm. uh, and then do a couple other things, like some light modeling is what it was kind of, marketed towards and when i interviewed my boss said yeah so you'll be setting up the storage area you'll be setting up the software for it you'll be cataloging everything and then if i have some projects that sound a little more interesting i'll kick those over to you and that's kind of about how it's been with some twists and turns along the way are you still there now yes oh cool but this friday you're doing something else as well aren't you (laughs) yeah i don't know how in detail i want to get because i don't know if it's like a for sure thing but i am going to tour a uh, place uh close to portland uh hopefully i'll be doing a job interview at some point there and uh yeah just get my name out there looking for places to work attaboy attaboy i mean yeah that's a big part of what we're doing now like along with all the school that we're doing our capstone projects uh, we're kind of just trying to get our name out there now right Mm -hmm. and you know who knows who listens to at least it's not rocket science so perhaps uh, perhaps you're yeah you never know you never know so you know what they're looking for you perhaps yeah. elon bezos if you elon need somebody bezos. to work on some rockets all right <laughs> yeah i was gonna say nasa i'm here yeah, yeah. help help a brother out will yeah ya? speaking <laughs> of rockets so what do you plan on doing with your aerospace minor or what what is your end goal uh end goal uh I'd say pipe dream goal really is to open my own kind of machine shop and engineering consulting firm in Montana for Uh. smaller private planes. So, you know, Mm. doing repairs or anything that people need, really. Uh, I've kind of grown up around airfields and in Great Falls, actually, it's like a huge Air Force base and they have like some of the best air shows I've ever seen, like better than any I've seen in Oregon, at least. And, uh, like the Blue Angels flew there. Uh, they let you like ride around in the tanks and stuff. Like it's sick. <laughs> At the, the air e- show? <laughs> yeah, even for even for a twenty two year old man, that was awesome. <laughs> man. I will say the F thirty five that came to the air show in McMinnville is from Montana. Oh really? So 
They flew it on over here. Yep. They flew it on over here to PDX. They yeah. filled up at PDX and did the show over here in McMinnville. So I don't doubt it. That's those sick. air shows are pretty sick in yeah. Montana. Yeah, it was pretty sick. So that was kind of what sparked the interest. And uh, yeah, I just want to move back there. I really like that area and, you know, own be a small business owner kind of thing. That's cool. I, I was about to say, I, I didn't, I didn't expect you to say like open your own business, like because I know a lot of us. I don't want to generalize, but a lot of engineers right now, there's a lot of projects they just want to go into. But I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool idea to imagine you opening your own uh, like engineering firm, kind of, mm-hmm. especially with like a, like because everyone also is thinking about like aerospace, like you know, like Blue Origin, like uh, SpaceX and NASA. Mm-hmm. But like you're going like more aeronautics, which I think is also pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I know. It, oops. Everybody kind of gets into this minor, at least, you know, you guys and everybody else I know, they want to build rockets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've all seen October Sky, like, I want to build a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's how I was for a little while. But then I uh, I took a couple classes at OSU and, like, the way Squires would talk about, like, working in Skunk Works on some of those really cool uh, projects, like, that sounded like so much fun and a little less complicated than going to space. I was like, that's kind of where I want to be. Is And you get to be back home in, in Montana. Yeah. So you must really like Montana then. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it was a love-hate relationship for a while because you grew up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I And get it's that. like, all I want to do is move to the city. And then it's like, man, Montana's actually kind of nice. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, I feel like as you get older, that kind of stuff comes on, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Nathaniel, you could probably speak to that living in, in Newport, right, when you grew up? Yeah, um, I was going to say before that, uh, I went to Montana for my brother's bachelor party. Oh. And I, I'd i say, aside from living in Oregon or in the PNW, I'd go to Montana. I, I really like it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, get, they got trees, mountains. I know that on the other side, they do have more of like the flat plains, which I, I personally do not like. They got that's nothing. That's the big sky of the big sky country. Yeah, that's why it's called big sky, because so, there ain't nothing else but sky. Yeah. So uh, when's when's our invite, huh? What uh, when's our Montana? invite to go to Montana? Yeah. yeah, dude, I'm down whenever. Oh, that would be pretty sick, actually. I mean, spring break. I I mean, I just graduated spring break. Yeah, I was gonna but, say yeah. I hope we graduated. Like, so hopefully, spring yeah. break. Crossing my fingers, of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you graduate? Spring break. Yeah. Oh, sick. or spring. Yeah. Nice. That's, or not spring break, but spring. Oh, at the end of spring. Oh, I forgot gotcha. that spring break is is prior the end of to winter spring. term. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're you're done after winter term, huh? Yep. Look at you. Look at this guy. You don't want to delay it so you can graduate the rest of us? No. <laughs> so, I, oh, sorry. No, no, you, you go. My bad. You no, go. I just, uh, it just worked out perfectly that I'd have exactly 12 credits and capstone has to be two concentric, or what's the term? Consecutive. Two, two consecutive terms. So I was like, all right, fifth year it is, and then I'll just take like whatever classes I want to take the, these two years or nice. whatever, these two terms. Yeah. Man, perfect. Lucky. Yeah, I was about to say I think that I think that I'm sixteen credits next term and sixteen credits the next term. Damn. And then and then that's it. Then I'm done. That's plus capstone. Yeah, plus capstone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Plus capstone, robotics. Heck yeah, baby. You got this. You got it. I mean i I'm I'd rather suffer now than I'd like rather like suffer through like all the leadership that I'm doing. Like, not that, not of course that working with USLI is or robotics is suffering, mm-hmm. but like I'm putting myself through like such a ringer right now that I feel like anything that I do outside of this will be way easier. So I'm like suffering now. So I have like the experience of how bad it can be compared to what 
normal life is probably like. Mm-hmm. I mean, crunch time still happens for like a lot of like aerospace projects, which is what I want to go into. Yeah. But like, I don't think it's going to be like that. Yeah, as <clears> crunched. <throat> yeah, I don't yes. think it'll be as crunched. <laughs> yeah, so, hopefully not. And I don't think I'll be in charge immediately. So let's hope not. At least. <laughs> you never <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I know. That's what my dad always says. He's, he doesn't say that you look like bad leaders look for leadership. Good leaders do not. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. That's usually, uh, that's like the best rule of thumb that's always come to my mind. That's a good way to think about it. It's like a reluctant leader is probably the best one because they they don't want to, they don't want to be in charge. And so they're probably going to treat everyone as if they wanted to be treated if they weren't in charge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Treat others how you want to be treated kind of mm-hmm. thing. So back to, back to you. <laughs> so and we went on a bit of a, a, a tangent there. So ag drone. Agricultural drone. Agricultural drone. What can you tell us about that? Okay, so uh, it's actually kind of cool because I, when you pick your projects, they don't tell you about the sponsors or what you're doing it for, or, you know, anything about the cause really, or at least for us, we didn't know any details. It w- was literally like pick your project, okay, ag drone, okay, and then like show up to class. We know literally nothing. So it was a real like steep learning curve when the Sounds term familiar. started. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, you guys were doing stuff over the summer and like just workloads straight shot up. Yeah. So uh, we started the term. It's actually uh, our sponsor is this company in Thailand called Raitong. I think I'm saying that right. Organics. And uh, what they're doing is they're making organic, I think, ginger and rice and I think there's one else, but I don't want to say something wrong. But um, yeah, Pro- the produce of some sort. Yeah, produce over in Thailand. And uh, the main reason that our sponsor, his name is uh, Brian Hugel, he wants to develop a drone to really better utilize resources. So rather than building this massive instru- infrastructure for uh, irrigation and pesticides. Uh, he just wants a precise drone that can spray exactly where he wants it to, and he wants it to be easily deployable for the people who actually do the farming, which in Thailand and I guess in America too, farmers are getting a little older. So them wearing like, you know, a 20 liter pack mm-hmm. of pesticide, they don't use pesticide, they do uh, their own proprietary mix of the good stuff yeah the good stuff (laughs) the good stuff uh they'll go out in the fields and he was telling us like it takes all day like sun up to sundown and they spray every single field like whenever they need to so he's like yeah a drone would cut that like it'd be a fraction of a fraction of the time and effort and they can better focus on other parts of the farm oh that's cool yeah it was really cool talking to him too because uh it was less us talking to him and more him talking to us about like what this project is really about. Mm -hmm. And it kind of got us pumped up about what we were going to be doing and why we're doing it. Because before it was like, okay, we need to like solve these problems. All right, let's get to work. Like start doing some engineering. And it's like, no, here's why you're doing it. And we were like, oh, all right, let's get to work. And we, you know, started getting our hands dirty like right away. I think that, I think that your, it's your project and one other is really cool to me because it like, the other projects are like flights of fancy. I mean, for, I mean, pretty literally at some points, um, they're not helping people. And I feel like because of that, it's like literally, you were literally making something to help better someone else's job, which is like the whole point of engineering, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that you, because your 
team project has like this whole like you're benefiting mankind i think that 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 is super cool Mm -hmm. i was about to say because like usli does not do that heart heart is not helping that uh hail is not helping that i mean we're helping we're not helping humanity on like a basic level like Mm -hmm. that which i think is really cool not saying that they're bad because of that it's just different projects yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I would I would disagree a little bit. I think it's helping humanity, just maybe not as directly as like you know an engineer doesn't help humanity as directly as a doctor does. But that's you know, fair. That's the, fair. We still like can make improvements and do things, and yeah. That's fair. I think it's 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 very cool that that you guys are doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And we brought I brought that up too, and we talked about it. Where I was like, if this works, and he wants to uh, go wide with it, basically. Um, you know, the drone is supposed to be a little bit cheaper than some of the other ones on the market. Uh, if he can manufacture these on a larger scale than just us or, you know, a, a small shop in America, there's a good chance that this could help out, like, everybody, like, the whole world. Yeah. I think... At least, or projects like this and, you know, getting the ball rolling towards precision agriculture, basically. Yeah, that's amazing. Could be like Amazon Farms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. That would be that would be interesting. I mean, that would help. It'd be, it'd be helping a lot of people, like uh, getting automation for a lot of that. Well, even even if it's not automation, even if someone's like flying it too, mm-hmm. that would be cool. Yeah, and that's the other thing too is it um, it gauges or it not gauges it uh, brings more public interest to agriculture in general. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, it's not just like waking up and driving the combine it's you know you got to get up you got to power up your drone make Fly sure the drone like playing your path like uh i it, researching the project for some of our uh, ass- assignments for capstone i looked into crop dusting because that's like a pretty adjacent field mm-hmm. yeah crop dusting but <laughs> uh i don't know, know i don't know what you're laughing yeah. about so it's but it's you know how they would spray large fields before you know this would be the next natural step. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, there's a lot more that goes into that than just getting in the plane and spraying. Yeah. And it, it'll, it'll draw a lot more interest from younger people to like, Oh, I can program. Oh, I can fly the drone. Like that's another thing. Sounds too. like you're selling it right now to anyone. That's I know. Listening I too. know. Um, Do I you guys have we, volunteers? We have, uh, I think we have two, but we have one that showed up tonight. Uh, Andreas, and uh, he's pretty great. He is a sophomore this year, mm-hmm. so he's kind of just checking it out and learning along with us. Getting a feel. Yeah, getting a feel for it. And he's actually a chemical engineer. Oh, so interesting. He, yeah, it's kind of like this is more of an electrical mechanical, so I wouldn't typically – we didn't expect anybody from chemical to come in. But, no, he's had some good insight with soldering, and um, it's just great to have somebody else around to bounce ideas to have, off Yeah, of. I was going to say, to have that like other perspective is super nice. Mm-hmm. What about like nozzle design? That's one of the things that we were talking about too. Is uh, um, our sponsor noticed when he saw the videos is the spray that comes out of the nozzles? I'm sorry, I'm just looking over there. No, you're, no, you're no, fine. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, when the spray comes out of the nozzles, it was actually, as he said, too misty. Um, which you know, if it's too atomized, it doesn't collect on the plants enough. Right. And then it. Uh, apparently plants there's like a whole it's like our gut microbiome so what's on the leaf is like very important so it needs to be a specific amount Hmm. uh and he's like yeah it's way too misty it's not going to absorb properly your 
do what we would need it to do. So it needs to be more of like a drip line or like rain than mm-hmm. it needs to be like a spray. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, we didn't even know that was necessarily going to be a problem. We thought it was like, oh, just you know, like get water on the plants or like get the fertilizer. Get the something on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy how like important things to him are that we didn't initially consider that you just learn from talking to people. Customer requirements, yep, baby. Yep. Customer yep. requirements. Get your house of quality in order. Oh man. House is tidy. The hawk. The house of quality. Mm-hmm. Oh, the computer's making noises at us. Um, I was going to so, ask. Oh, go ahead. How is the uh, Ag Drone, like, sub-teams made up? Um, it was kind of just by interest. Uh, we all are mechanical engineers, so it was just if one of us had a uh, particular aspect we wanted to work on, that's what we jumped at. So myself, I can list all the members. We've got Logan, Caleb, Deborah, Colby, and myself. So Logan, Caleb, and I are all on electrical, and then Deborah and Colby are on mechanical. So electrical team is kind of just getting the drone flying again right now, and the mechanical ke- mechanical team are making improvements to uh, some of the uh, problems we noticed in uh, testing the drone. <laughs> testing? What, what do you mean by uh, testing? Uh, you know, what kind just... of problems happen from testing? <laughs> Several. <laughs> one big one, though, is uh, a small explosion oh. that uh, started a fire uh, in the electrical panel of the previous drone. What caused this explosion? Um, it's a whole long thing. This is why we think we should get electrical engineering degrees. Because like, <laughs> figuring out how, like, what caused the problem and why was such a... It's, a rabbit hole? Yeah, it, it was such a rabbit hole. Um, like you need a whole other degree to understand it. <laughs> yeah, it took it took quite a bit of Googling. Um, basically, when you have a long wire from a battery to a motor or to a uh, electronic speed controller, the length of the wire, as it gets longer, you get this inductance effect. Oh, yeah. yeah. I heard about this. Yeah, so the longer your wire is, the more inductance you have. And then... Uh, the way inductance affects like a voltage is so you know you have your length of wire it has this inductance the faster your current changes the higher or lower your voltage drop is so when you throttle the drone up the inductance just shoots way down but then when you really cut the power it dumps all that power out and you can get this insane voltage spike and that's how we blew up a capacitor and kind of caught the drone on fire. Do you have fuses on this uh, this this ag drone? Uh, we are adding some now. Adding some fuses <laughs> yes. now. And can I ask? This is it's. I totally don't know what you're gonna say, but what what amperage is the whole thing used altogether? Uh, a maximum, and we believe that's what we saw because the motors each draw sixty amps, so a maximum of three hundred and sixty amps. Wowza, wowza! Isn't that like? triple wall power in some countries and also just for for a frame of reference it's about uh, a nano or a micro amp that would kill someone it's like 250 mm-hmm. milliamps i think is is what it would be uh yeah. deadly and, depending yeah. on the wetness of your skin oh and we we looked into that because we're like <laughs> are we gonna die if we have to unplug this thing? yeah <laughs> and milliamps is point zero zero zero. add your number here yeah yeah so we're, we're at 360 amps yes. which yeah. which is on the other side of the decimal point yeah mm-hmm. just for those viewers that 
aren't too inclined on that <laughs> yeah. that matter. Basically, their their drone uses enough amperage to kill you like a thousand times over, essentially. Yes, and uh, apparently that's not an entirely unique problem. Like it's just that's it's kind of how it great is. Great to hear. Yeah. Well, it's it's like if you want more flight time, mm-hmm. you need more uh, amp hours. So it's just either you wire it in series and you get like really good thrust but like half the battery time or you wire it in parallel like we have it and you have insane flight time or at least like pretty good flight time but you have this like super high amperage low voltage how long could it fly like at the at the like height and speed that you would need it to for the final project uh for the final project so the previous team they never tested it loaded Mm -hmm. but unloaded they got it to 28 minutes how long does it need to fly for uh, so it needs to, I forget the amount of hectares, uh, oh, that's yeah. their unit of measurement for acreage or mm-hmm. like their, mm-hmm. their farms. Um, I think the requirement for the project itself is 20, oh, okay. 20 minutes, but you know, just long enough to cover the entire field because the, we expect them to have like batteries on hand or like a charging station. Yeah. Do like a hot swap. They yeah. need to. Yeah. Because it's, it's not just like. In America, you see a lot of, like, these giant fields that are just separated by roads, whereas mm. theirs, it's like, okay, here's a field. We have to drive 10 minutes to the next one, 10 minutes to the next one, and you're, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere, Thailand. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what their climate or, you know, their surroundings are, but mm-hmm. I would imagine they're – it's going to take some time to get to the next field. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we we I think we saw a video in our class about the the disaster fall, <laughs> yeah. the disastrous fall yeah. of the drone. Yes. And uh it was I mean, not, it was pretty legendary. Yeah. Um it was funny too because it was the previous team lead. He came down from like Washington that day to show us how to fly the drone. Oh. He got everything hooked up. He's like, "All right, let's take it out the field, you know. I know how to do this." primes it gets it up in the air all right we're good you know just a little bit of wind brings it down brings it up again and it's like bam pop drone nose dives was he flying yes he was flying the entire time yeah so the the guy on the last team grounded the drone for us oh no and (laughs) there's like literal flames coming out of it i remember seeing that so what what do you say after that was he just like hey he was sorry guys he was like thanks for your i'm really sorry guys uh Good luck. <laughs> no. So, well, it's like, what's he going to do here to graduate? I know. that's Man, that stinks, though. Yeah. I don't blame him, though, because uh, <laughs> they had documented this before, mm-hmm. that, like, the amperage is really high, and there's a chance that something's going to break. And then, you know. It just happened to Yeah. It, yeah. That time that he flew it I mean, he's just him. giving you more opportunities to learn and improve yourself, right? Pretty much. Like, the, if it didn't blow up then, it would have blown up while we were messing with it. Yeah, at least it didn't blow up, like, in front of the customer. Yeah. Could that. you imagine, like, halfway through the term and you just blow up your drone? Dude, oh, don't yeah. say that. Don't say <laughs> oh, that. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, Putting that out there. That's, like, that's that's bad juju right there. There's an inside joke between Nathaniel and I, which anytime we do a certification launch or a rocket launch, I always say that his is going to blow up. <laughs> Literally, all the time in Brothers. Like, man, for that first he, he's putting that paint paint job on. I'm like, man, that's a great paint job. It'll even be even better when it blows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It looks sick with scorch. And yeah. then over there, I was Char inserting marks. my motor and putting the, the timer on it. Well, hopefully it doesn't blow up because of your timer. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was putting, I was, see what I was doing is, I was putting into the universe the negative 
reinforcement. So I was trying. I was taking on that negative karma for you. You're welcome, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's taking on that negative karma. So if mine went wrong, yours would succeed. As a <laughs> as a team lead, that's what I should do. Oh, and, and then after launch recovered. You have the audacity to be like, are you going to thank me? Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you going to thank me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you should be you should be like thanking me right now. Also, yeah. I taught you how to, to uh, pack your parachute, too. Yeah, that's and, true. And that's, the, that's why I was like, bow down, bow down at my feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I was like, bow down to your king, Nathaniel. <laughs> <laughs> the successful parachute. You know this? I should be getting double certified that's because funny. of this. We had, a, we had a talk like that, too, where it was like, okay, we don't know if we want everybody to learn how to fly or one person, because we know if that one person blows up the drone again, oh man, everybody's going to be so mad. Yeah, I was about to say, that's really hard. That's like, because I'm thinking about that with like our stuff, like if one thing goes wrong and we figure out what it is, like... It's hard not to it's be hard mad. If it's it... our recovery propulsion, just, just blame it. Blame it on blame me. Blame it on structures. <laughs> blame yeah. it on me. No, blame it on structures. <laughs> Just yeah. blame it on someone else. Mm-hmm. No, I th- deflect. I think that I think I told. Maybe I said this on the podcast. I said if if anything goes wrong, it goes wrong for all of us, not yeah. just for because it should have been someone. And like we all succeed, we succeed as a group, and we fail as a group. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it is too. Is like we all bounce ideas off of each other. There's no way one person did everything on the drone. Yeah, and even if they did there's still four other people on the team that are responsible for the drone. Yeah. It's like you, you have all these people and if it's kind of like, I got to do an analogy. It's like if you're the goalie and someone kicks a soccer ball mm-hmm. at you and <laughs> Nathaniel's, Nathaniel's laughing. If uh, someone kicks a soccer ball at you and it goes into the goal, is it your fault? No, it's everyone else's fault along with your fault because mm-hmm. they let the ball get past everyone else and then to you. Yeah. Nathaniel is laughing because uh, we did some STEM engagement uh, today at a local elementary school for our USLI project, which was very fun, but it was Lego Robotics, and they built uh, little Lego kickers, little Lego fans. Like the Mindstorms? Or like... It's like like even younger Simpler than Mindstorms. Than Mindstorms yeah. And they made little uh, goals and kickers, and the kids were loving it, mm-hmm. and so they were very loud, but it was fun. <laughs> we, got to, we got to interact with some of them. Spread the message of USLI, you know. Mm-hmm. The but good yeah. word. Yeah, the good word of USLI. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> As usual, yeah. But yeah, AgDrone is, is super cool. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Do you know how long the project has been going on for? Because you said previous years. Yeah, I think... Don't quote me on this. I guess I am being quoted on this. Uh, yes, you are literally <laughs> being yes, recorded. I am being recorded. Uh, I think this is the third year. Because okay. I know there was a year before the last one. Because the last one, this was also uh, another, like, in-joke is uh, the last team. They received so much praise from Brian, from our uh, our faculty leader, from anybody we talked to. Like, yeah, the last team did, like, great. You guys have some big shoes to fill. Oh, that's we're like, horrible. Oh, no. And then, and then the guy blows up the drone. Oh, man. <laughs> and we're like, oh, man. We're living up we, to it. Yeah, we, some big shoes, some huh? <laughs> big shoes. Looks yeah. like we got some big amperage to fill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's funny because like uh it seems like there's a lot of capstone projects that are kind of like that. Like if it goes really good the year before, everyone's like, Man, you boy, you better pick up the yeah. slack. Yep. And then if it's if it's bad the year before, then everyone's like, Man, you couldn't be as bad as them. Mm-hmm. But I, they're not wrong though. Like the last team did so much work i i've looked at their uh, time card Mm -hmm. and they'd put in like 
you know, 20 hours a week average. I mean, I don't know how that is for USLI, probably more, but the, you know, the, that's like a part-time job at that point. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yes. I'm guessing USLI has a lot of hours. We don't talk about hours. All right. Nothing's paying for these bags, this baggage. <laughs> these are USLI designer bags. Yeah. I mean, but you know, they, they worked a lot on it and they, they got the drone from, I think it was working, but not flying and not consistent. They got it like, they they took it from 10% up to like 75%. Yeah, like that's, they, they that's impressive. did a lot of work on the drone. That's impressive. Yeah, it's like it, all the all the different capstone projects too. It's like all the work we're doing is so different. Like, mm-hmm. like USLI is it's like documents, and then it's also like in field stuff, and then like Heart is like mostly in field stuff, mm-hmm. but they have like multiple sub skills, and they're doing stuff that's like such a high altitude, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hail is just way more chemistry than is probably necessary in a rocketry <laughs> class mm-hmm. or a rocketry club, but it's super cool still like ag drone you have the you have like a massive drone that's trying to like fit the criterion that the uh the customer gave you for like mm-hmm. a purpose and then there's the the uh the svc uh uav with their scanning of the animal the mammoth animal mammoth mammoth steak <laughs> on the mind the, the, the uh, turtle the sea life mammals <laughs> yeah. no everything become crab mm-hmm. um and then there is the the mad w with their uh the plane the miniature plane oh yes the cargo plane yeah, yeah the solar plane uh mm-hmm. it's like all these like they're similar but different right yeah yeah which i think is really cool so so now for the ag drone uh when is your guys's do you guys have a deadline i mean so we've talked about going to thailand and showing the drone and i i don't know if they've done that before they've talked about it uh, on previous teams, but last year was still kind of COVID-y. Mm-hmm. So there were some travel restrictions and it just couldn't, it didn't work out even though it was like ready to go. So we're talking about doing that this year. I know the team itself, we've kind of set some loose goals for ourselves where we're like, get it flying before next term, have it tested before Thanksgiving, like just examples. And then next term, we have a lot more time to iterate on what we've done and work on like other systems that we want to implement interesting and yeah. wh- when would you go to to thailand we haven't decided yet so i'm honestly not sure even our advisor is like yeah i don't know when it'll because that would probably be when you graduate right? yeah it'd probably yeah. be after you graduate which yeah. would still be pretty cool mm-hmm. so yeah i'd be more than okay with coming back just just an fyi dr sharp <laughs> <laughs> so now do you think uh, after this year let's say you guys complete all, all your tasks and goals uh-huh. um Will next year pick up from where you left off, or would that be the end of Ag Drone? Uh, I think they'll pick up from where we left off. We'll probably end with some work left to be done. Like we're we're not gonna kick it to a hundred percent because this is kind of the prototype. And then once we give it to Brian and we show him, you know, everything we did to make it, he'll start working on getting others produced for his farms. Um, yeah, I think they'll have a couple things to do, but hopefully next year, I think it'll be done. I think they'll be able to finish it. That would be uh, that would be cool. Yeah, I'll have to keep a, I'll have to look into that to make sure it uh, they keep up. And so before we forget, so are you still looking for volunteers? Uh, yeah, I'd say we are. Okay, so uh, what days do you meet and where do you meet? Okay, uh, we meet currently 
Tuesday, Thursday, uh, either during our capstone class, which is four to six or afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then uh, frequently we've been meeting either Monday evening or Friday evening. And those have kind of been tentative uh, just based on how much work we have to do that week. And where at? Uh, the Ag Drone Lab is in Rogers. I forget the exact number, but it's the Humanitarian Engineering Lab. On the fourth floor, right? Third, Third floor. floor. Third floor. It's right outside the elevator. Yep. One door up. Yep. Okay. Well, perfect. Yeah, I was about to say because I wanted to make sure that everyone hears that. And then if you have any, any questions, join the, uh, the AIAA Discord, which should be linked on the website. Question mark? Should be. If not, I'll post a link on Instagram. There you and go. And Twitter. And Twitter. Um, or you could, uh, do you want to be emailed? If, yeah, they if someone, can email me. Uh, what's your email? Uh, wallmi at Oregon State. So that's W-A-H-L-M-I at OregonState.com or dot E-D-U. Yeah. So if you have any uh, questions or any interest in joining AgDrone, please uh, email Michael and he'll get you up to speed as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we also have our point of contact. I don't know her email. It's, uh, Deborah. And you can also contact her, really any of us, I would imagine, and we can get you in the Discord and uh, get you hooked up with what we're doing. Get you an idea of, uh, I mean, we've we've heard a lot about your project. It's very interesting. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like, like I said, the, the, I feel different about projects that really are, are doing a lot to help people like that. I mean, help people in, like, the most direct sense in that way. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's cool stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, I know it's probably interesting from your guys's perspective too because everybody kind of has different requirements mm -hmm. like i know for the the micro airplane they have to take off from like a six foot table mm -hmm. or something like that like i would not have expected that i thought it was just get this tiny plane to like fly and do something but yeah. it's like oh you got to get it off the table you got to go this far like they have a ton of requirements and i i learned a lot about the other projects when we did that first presentation because it was like oh man nobody like, a, I feel like we didn't get the point across that, like, this thing needs to be, like, cheaper to make. Mm -hmm. Like, we can't use all custom parts because we're going to be in the middle of nowhere with, like, minimal tools. Yeah. Like, just enough to take in things Th In off. Thailand. In Thailand. Yeah. Which, you know, the, it's not like they can't get things, but it's like they'll run to the hardware store and buy, like, some sheet metal. Yeah, they can't get custom fittings. Yeah, yeah. And they can't, I mean, I'm sure it takes a long time to ship overseas, too, to mm -hmm. Thailand if they're getting it manufactured in the U.S. Yeah. from Oregon, you know. Yeah. So that, that's very cool stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, now that we've heard a little bit about AgDrone, <laughs> now we tend to get into some of uh, some of our other topics yeah, uh, one major topic would be what happened this week earlier, which was the Artemis One launch. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people saw it. Uh, I'm assuming you guys did. I watched it on YouTube. I watched it also on YouTube. <laughs> I wish I could have watched it live, but I was too busy doing heat transfer. Mm -hmm. It would which... be it would be nice to go watch it live in person in Florida. Wait a yeah. minute, you think that? Hmm. Now that I think about it, as I rub my chin deviously, <laughs> do you think that there's a launch in April? Are you going to be in Florida? We are going to be in Alabama, Huntsville, <laughs> just, Alabama. Just make the extra, Alabama. I extra mean, trip. that. I mean, Kennedy Space Center would be a pretty far drive, but to see it in person, through one of my interns, my my NASA internship, I had the opportunity to go down and witness the Lucy launch, but I didn't because I was in school. Mm -hmm. It would have been last October. I wish that I would have done it, but I needed to be a responsible student. Mm -hmm. I also, sorry, 
I'm going to get started again. I almost, I was in Disney World uh, when I was younger with my dad and my grandpa. Mm -hmm. And they were, I, I was going to go see the last space shuttle launch. The, the last one. one. Oh, the. I don't remember which one it was. Discovery, I think, or Endeavor, one of the two. I was going to be there for the very last one they were ever going to do. And you know what? They canceled it while we were down oh, there. No. Because of weather. They moved it. And uh, I was like, no. I didn't know that was the last one. Yeah. Like it was the, to the it, ISS or what it was mean? just the last shuttle launch ever. Oh, and I was like, no, I wish that I would have seen it. But, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day they'll make Space Shuttle Two electric boogaloo. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe the karma came back. That's why you got the internships with NASA. Yeah, yeah that's you know? true. Yeah. Maybe I got the karma from it. Yeah, because he was my dad was at an automation fair or something down there. So oh. I just was like with my grandpa mm -hmm. <laughs> with my grandpa in Disneyland. So. But yeah, the Artemis One launch. I think we were, we were briefly discussing it earlier. It looks like the this one is mostly just a test of the heat shield. Yes. So it's going to be oh. up in up in space for I think like twenty six to like thirty two days, mm -hmm. and then it's going to come it's going to come in hot mm -hmm. to test the new, the new heat shield. It's supposed Hold to be the okay. the hottest reentry that's ever been done. On purpose, like they're just yeah. trying to. Just I think they're stressed. Test. They're stress testing. Yeah, they're oh. stress testing Dude, or thermal be, testing. That'll yeah. be a massive flex. Have you ever seen the re-entry temperatures or the re-entry speeds? Oh. I know they're like, dude, it had to fly like eight thousand miles an hour just to leave. I would have, so, couldn't imagine so, how fast. Oh gosh. So I, I'm, I'm typing. <laughs> uh, we have the other monitor for the podcast, the dungeon. Uh, Seventeen thousand five hundred miles per hour is the re-entry speed normally. Oh look, there's a little, uh, there's a little Wikipedia article. Oh atmospheric reentry because i remember there's a there's a uh, wikipedia article about hypersonic reentry i think oops sonic reentry wow i can't spell oops google knows it knows what you're talking about boost glide uh anyway the basically uh reentry speeds very hot and very fast mm -hmm. so like that that's like the fastest thing we know of other than like uh like that humanity has done other than like uh like Operation Plum Bob, like we talked about on the first episode. <laughs> Plum Bob? I've never heard of that. There was uh, a series of tests, uh, like far before we even launched anything into space. Uh -huh. Again, you can get a recap, full recap on episode one of at least it's not rocket science. <laughs> but basically, they blew up a, a excuse me, a, a nuclear device underground, and it launched a uh, it, like under a bunker. I think they were testing something, mm -hmm. and this was like fifty nine, I think, or fifty seven. But it launched the the manhole, essentially manhole cover. Just out of the atmosphere. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's the it's <laughs> it's been theorized that it's like the fastest thing that humanity has ever like moved anything. That's funny. Out. We just knew something, boosh. and it just went so fast. Yep. Yes, <laughs> yes, it went. Uh, it just like went way, way. It's like probably far, far out of the heliosphere at this point since they launched it in like, or it happened in like the fifties. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that's Operation Plum Bob. But yeah, Artemis also. Um, I think this is. I think I read something. which is the first fully stacked. Uh, solid or like first fully stacked launch vehicle uh, in the VAB since the Saturn V. Jeez. Which I think it's like 300 and, uh, 341 feet tall. Do you have that number? Fact check me. Find it right <laughs> now. Fact check me. Uh, 341, I think. How tall do you yeah, think no, it is? Uh, 345. I'll price is right. You. <laughs> you price is right. Me, I thought you were going to hit me with 342. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I can't. So fully stacked is in like, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're fine. Um, fully stacked means like they have 
every stage. Yeah. As opposed to normally they'd only run one or two. Yeah, I think it's like, uh, I, I can't say for sure, but from my engineering intuition, I would say that it's the first or the, the it's like the entire VAB is being utilized to host the whole launch vehicle. Oh, okay. Um, that's what I would imagine. Also, another cool thing about these launches, the crawler. Have you seen the crawler? Oh, no. Do you know what the crawler is? The one that Mark Rober worked on? <laughs> <laughs> no. The crawler is the big, big like launch pad that drives. Yeah, the one that, oh, that drives oh, the, yeah. the rocket out to the pad. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, um, the way NASA moves these rockets out of the v- – sorry, VAB is the Vehicle Assembly Building, which is like the largest square footage of any building, I think, in the world. And uh, – or close to it, at least. Mm-hmm. And basically, the way that they get these rockets out of the VAB uh, to the launch pad – excuse me. Uh, is that they have it on this like big like track that drives and it goes like i think it's like a mile per hour because yeah obviously you want to go slow and you have something that's like worth billions of dollars just yeah. sitting on top of it and very explosive mm-hmm. and heavy and heavy yeah. <laughs> and yeah and like i've seen videos like i think that you can be i think someone as an intern a few years ago uh, a girl got to drive it as her internship down at uh, kennedy could you imagine being the person to drive the crawler yeah that's my that's my daily that's my daily whip especially being an intern like yeah i would be sweating bullets just well it's not like you can get like in a high-speed accident or anything (laughs) you can you literally outrun the whole thing (laughs) you blow up the (laughs) the rocket yeah yeah But, yeah, that thing is, like, look up the NASA crawler. That, I think it is the largest, again, don't quote me on this. I'm trying to I'm trying to recall. We are quoting you on this. Yeah, I guess, yeah, use my own, my own, using my own words against me. Own. It is, like, the largest. Oh, yeah, we're showing yeah, pictures. Yeah, that's like, the thing from Transformers 3, Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> it looks like the thing from Star Wars <laughs> that the Ewoks ride in. Or not the Ewoks, the, 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 oh, the sand crawler. Yeah, the sand crawler. Oh, the Jawas. Yeah. The Jawas, that, yeah, that's who it is, yeah. Houdini. Yeah, Houdini. Uh, yeah, the crawler is like one of the largest land vehicles uh, on Earth. If I say one of, it saves my butt. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not saying it's the. I'm saying it's one of the. I, it looks like it is. It's pretty big. It's pretty thick. Back to your uh, Saturn V versus Artemis One. Saturn V is taller. Yeah, yeah Saturn V should be 356 feet. 363 feet. 63? 63 feet. And how tall is SLS? 322 feet. 322? Dang, I was way off. Hmm. Just by a little bit. Dang, you gotta take away my Just NASA. Take away feet. my NASA card. <laughs> take away my NASA card. Well, also the Saturn V was like, wow, mm. wow, man, that the thing chunk. Was, that yeah, was that was. <laughs> that is the power of uh, of America in the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. That is just let's just make it let's build big. A, let's build a big one. Yeah, because I remember they were having trouble figuring out how they were gonna get to the moon, and they're just like. <sighs> Just make it bigger. Mm-hmm. Just make it bigger. <laughs> and they sure as heck did. Yeah. Like, uh, we talked a little bit about it, but, like, the amount of power that those things put out is ridiculous. Mm. I have, have you ever seen one in person? A rocket? No, a Saturn V. Have you? I have. What? Where and when? Uh, they're not stacked, like, up, but they're, they're like, laying down. Mm-hmm. There's one in, uh, I think there's one in Kennedy. Uh, and there's one in Johnson Space Center, and it is amazing. I have pictures on my phone. Oh. The audience can't see them, but I'm going to show you guys. 
We could also tweet it out for uh, those that uh, follow us on social media at OSU. We could tweet it out if we really wanted to. Let me find this photo. It should be my dad standing in front of it, actually. We could also post it on Instagram for those of you that follow us on Instagram. That's my dad standing in front of the the bottom engines. That thing is like four of your dad. It is. (laughs) That is more than four. To use your father as a... A unit of measurement. Oh, that's well, that's humongous. And this is like the only one of the buildings that houses it, I think. Yeah. But yeah, the, like the engines are just massive, dude. Uh, and then I also got a picture of me in the uh, Apollo mission control room. Bam! That's me in the mission director's chair right there. I got a, I got a, I got a personal tour You're from. So young. I know. I'm so young, so innocent. Dude, that looks like. Uh like 60s spy hardware like that's yeah that phone is put there for the movie apollo 13 the red phone that didn't the, exist in the actual that's really funny yeah oh they filmed apollo 13 mm-hmm. in the space center mm-hmm. that's kind of sick yeah that's what i was told at least yeah. oh at least there's <laughs> yeah there's the active iss tracking room as well that they're in oh yeah i saw some videos of that from the artemis launch it's pretty cool yeah but yeah, man, the, the Saturn V is 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 ridiculous. It's it, just, uh, I, yeah. it's amazing. Like nothing probably will ever be built like that ever again. Mm-hmm. Well, unless we like actually decide to send someone to Mars. Well, so pricey, yeah. so pricey it's too. A lot of money. It is a lot of money. It's very very <laughs> expensive. Like, yeah. I, I I can't even remember how much Saturn V costs, but inflation in that, mm-hmm. right? And NASA used to have a much bigger budget too. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> man nasa nasa was the best nasa is the best still yeah making making more with less right now is what they're doing Mm -hmm. you know another thing that that's kind of been more recent that we haven't managed to talk about is the james webb space telescope oh yeah was didn't it break or something for a little bit or like it didn't deploy properly um i'm trying to remember i do remember hearing something like that i think that like one of the Solar panels. Yeah, one of the panels got like damaged by like a micro meteoroid. Mm-hmm. Meteor meteoroid. But they knew that was going to happen anyway. Yeah, I think like it was a, kind of inevitable. Yeah, uh, stuff like that is just always out in space yeah. and hard to track. Mm-hmm. But like <clears throat> the uh, it's like the James Webb Space Telescope has been like a long passion of mine because I learned about it that it was launching in 2018. Oops, my hat hit the <laughs> the mic. Um, in 2018, it was supposed to launch. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to, when I did one of my NASA things, I was talking to someone who worked at Johnson Space Center. And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, they, they like, went to go do, like, a, a final flight check, and they found, like, so many things wrong. And they're like, nope. And so then they pushed it back to, you I'm know. Su- I'm surprised it made it that far, and they were, like, they had a laundry list of things to improve. But I guess if you're that Scrutinous. I'm probably over. Something. I'm oversimplifying it, and I also don't recall all the details of what he told me. But he said that there was a lot wrong mm-hmm. when they were going to launch it, so they like pushed it way out. Also, it used to be under a different name, and it was supposed to launch in like the early 2000s. It just got pushed back. It just got because it's expensive, yeah. you know. And it's like, also, as soon as we we push it out, because it's it's in orbit around the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at one of the Lagrange points, which for those of you that don't know, it's like a. It basically, if you put it in space, there it will basically stay there. Um, not I did like not. no, that was a thing. Yeah, it's it's like a gravitational like neutral zone it's essentially. A sweet spot. Yeah, it's like if you set like it's like an eddy in like a river, uh, or if you set something there, like it's gonna stay there in relative orbit around like both the sun and the earth. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but so I didn't think that I don't know if they were trying to get that Lagrange point 
that early on when they were thinking about it because if you put it up there, you're not really going to get to it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like the Hubble. Like the Hubble, you probably know, and yeah. like when they first set it up, like yeah. the it had some astigmatism, <laughs> and so it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't able to see like galaxies and all that correctly. Uh-huh. So, and I think the the Hubble. I don't remember why. Well, the James Webb is infrared, I think, and then the the Hubble is visible. But I don't remember if the Hubble was low enough in the atmosphere that it caused atmospheric distortion. I don't think it did, but it was low enough, and a bunch of gas from all the different galaxies it's taking pictures of mm-hmm. blocks it and all that. That's why the James Webb is so cool because it just peered right through that. Yeah, yeah. So, and there was something about the Hubble recently, right, Nathaniel? Well, it's, isn't it being decommissioned or something? The Hubble telescope? Yeah. We were talking earlier about something about the Hubble, right? I believe that was the James Webb. Whoa, was it the James Webb? But yeah, the Hubble... um... Yeah, it was the James Webb telescope about it finding uh, CO2 detected in in a planet outside of our solar system. Why is is that big for any particular reason? Or just because that means something's producing CO2? It means it has an atmosphere, for one. Yeah. Which is... It's the first, first time evidence of the gas being found on a planet oh, aside really? from other, ours other than us oh okay because i thought there were other planets like outside with, of our solar system with atmospheres like is it like a direct view that the james webb telescope got i know you're just reading like a, a, a blurb i know you don't know all the, the details perfectly <laughs> but this is engineering nathaniel yeah, yeah. Hey, so jamie I, pull that up hey, jamie pull that <laughs> up yeah. the, the planet is called wasp 39b oh, you can't i love, name it I love cool. planet names it is a hot gas giant yeah, that was discovered it. in 2011 2011 2011 yeah oh, they must have seen it and then they're like let's point the jwst on it and then they did and they're like oh man look it's gas dude hot gas nice it's a hot gas planet <laughs> <laughs> a hot gaseous planet uh-huh. yeah that james webb is Ooh, it just it gets my my science my science tingling uh-huh it it makes me very happy to see that it's drawn this much interest from the world, right? Yeah. I think that that's one of my favorite things about like uh, space in general is mm-hmm. that it brings like almost. I feel like there's not one person on Earth that does not find space at least interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's like the moon landing for like the the space race. Like mm-hmm. literally, the whole world just stood still and saw yeah. us walk on the moon. Yeah. So that's super cool. <clears throat> kind of looking back to the Artemis uh, one. Uh, during the, the launch, they did kind of like a preview of the whole mission. Mm-hmm. And right in the middle, I don't know if you got to see the payload that they want to put on later on, which is going to land on the moon and extract some uh, moon samples. And it looks almost like a portable oil rig, the way that it's set up. It's like a cube, and then it has like little sides that go up, and then it has like this drill that just drops down. So and it's then, like the lander? Yeah, kind of. Oh, okay. But uh, How I just, big is it? I don't recall the size, but... Uh, is it supposed to? So is it sampling for them to retrieve later, or is yes? It, okay. Yes. I was gonna ask. Is it gonna, excuse me, try to make fuel? <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be no, sick. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Try one, to make moon fuel. Well, that yeah, mean that's the whole. Oil up there. That's the whole point of the Artemis program is to get like another is like to get like a launch site from the moon. Yeah. So if they manage to be able to turn some sort of regolith or like the helium three, because I know the moon has like a bunch of helium three on it, mm-hmm. which. You could launch from the moon. The moon's got a lot less gravity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the rocket equation. Yes, the rocket equation. Uh, there's also there's a, there's a movie actually that I recall. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Armageddon. 
Don't mention that movie around me. <laughs> Don't mention that movie to me, please. With the slingshot maneuver? Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, and then blowing up an asteroid. Yeah. Don't. Did never speak to me or my son ever again. <laughs> no, uh, what is it called? Oh, Ad Astra. Oh, yeah. It's got Brad Pitt in it. Such a, okay, so that movie was bad, but it had some cool concepts. Like, they had the, the space elevator, or, like, the giant space antenna that's, like, looking for life. I thought that was super cool. The whole antimatter, like, explosion things from... Um, James, what was it? That's no, not James Earl Jones. That's Darth Vader. What's his name? You guys see Men in Black? Yes, I Tommy have. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Not James Earl Jones. Yeah, That's Darth yeah. Vader. Other Jones. Um, he's like on an antimatter ship around like Neptune or something like that. But Brad Pitt also is like a, he's he like can't feel emotions or something like that. It's a very strange movie. But they launch from, they launch from the moon and also from Mars. So like the moon is like this whole like space mall kind of mm. very 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 interesting i like concepts that imagine stuff like that like interstellar is another one yeah i like interstellar a lot Interst- yeah, yeah i was gonna say uh, interstellar is a classic uh, i love that i was gonna say with the, the ag drone it kind of makes it reminds me of his uh his farming what are those called the huge farming combine like, yeah yeah and how he has them autonomous as well just plowing through the field going through doing the work for you yeah I, I also remember in that movie, the robots are super cool. TARS. Yeah. Oh, where they're just like big legs that walk. <laughs> yeah, it's just a stick that they're, just And then like when they need to move way. fast, they like hinge and they roll. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that is one of my favorite movies because like they utilize like gravity to f- like get their, their ships off the ground, like a gravity mm-hmm. drive. Well, it's, a, it's one of the few movies that like really talks about gravity time distortion. Mm-hmm. How and, gravity is like it, it goes through time. Yeah, and yeah. how much it speeds everything up. It was such a cool movie. Time being like our, our fourth dimension. Yeah. Yeah, it, that movie, pretty amazing. Uh, I also love the idea of like the, the the cylinder like ships. I love the idea of colony ships. Yeah. Like the whole thought that we can eventually go to a different planet of a different solar system is very exciting yeah. to me. Yeah. There's a lot to there's a lot to hope for. I know that it probably won't ever happen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But you know, it allows me to to believe, right? We can we'll witness it and being engineers, we might somehow help along. The they way. can put my head in a jar. Yeah. And just make me two fake eyeballs to look out. Just put my name <laughs> on like a placard. Somewhere. Yeah, put my name somewhere. Yeah. Name yourself after a rocket or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to name my my first son Saturn 5. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. I think actually Saturn. That'd be a pretty good name. That would be a good name. Saturn. I was thinking Apollo. Apollo. That's a good one. Oh, and if if Apollo had a a sister, if you had a daughter, name it Artemis. Oh yeah. Oh, oh that would be pretty cool. If you had if you had fraternal twins, that would be like primo. You know yeah. why don't people dress up as rockets for Halloween? Do uh, exactly that. Just an <laughs> Apollo and Artemis. I guess I don't think people would understand what they were. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, you could dress up like astronauts. Always the easy one, but you could dress up. Everyone does astronauts. Come on! I want to be a solar panel for Halloween. (laughs) You want to be the James Webb? Yeah, I do want to be the James Webb. I'm gonna be the JJST. Well, you'll be the solar panel. I'll be the telescope. Yeah, I'll be the rocket that carried the payload. It'll be like like a horse costume. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be the JJST. Except the costume can like split, so like we can reenact. Like... Yeah, the separation. <laughs> yeah, we have like little little party poppers and pop them off. You like, have to like the booster stages yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to like sit on your shoulders like in a big stack. That's, yeah, we'll have to walk around like that. <laughs> Come on, Nathaniel, walk faster. <laughs> we can't get to the moon like this. 
<laughs> yeah, we have to have someone be the moon. <laughs> oh man. Lay on the ground and we just walk on them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have somebody dress up as a gaseous cloud. Yeah. <laughs> someone, yeah someone should I be just the, stare at yeah, them. Someone, the whole time. someone should be CO2 yeah. on, a, on a gas planet and we just look at them with binoculars going, yeah. nice. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That's what I like to see. There's Pluto over there. Yeah, Pluto oh, doesn't man. count as a planet. That's oh. a hot take. I yeah. don't think it does either. Yeah. What, you got a pr- you got a problem with that? I mean, no, I mean, I feel like it's an asteroid as well, but it was a planet. But it's not anymore, right? You know, you're on the wrong side of history. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If if you think that Pluto is a planet, email us. Email me at coltonj at oregonstate.edu, and I will tell you why you are wrong. <laughs> Pluto is no longer a planet. This man has worked at NASA. So All right, don't give me too much credit. <laughs> don't give me too much credit. This man's a genius. He's nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a PhD already, a yeah. JD, a, <laughs> yeah. an MD. Uh, no. NBC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, NBC. No, I uh, Pluto, if you consider Pluto a planet, that's fine. I just do not think it's a planet. And also, the rest of the world agrees with me and the scientific community. You need to get hydrostatic equilibrium, which Pluto does have. But it also needs to be, like, of a certain size, and it needs to have cleared its orbit to a certain rate. Honestly, it probably should be a planet if Mercury is a planet. <laughs> but <laughs> We went in a circle. <laughs> Hydrostatic equilibrium, baby. <laughs> it probably should be, but because the scientific community says it's not, then I'm like, eh, okay. Why, why? They probably know more than me, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Science. I never said it is or it isn't, so. Yeah, nice fence, no. ri- n- nice fence writing there, yeah. pal. Yeah. <laughs> Nice fence writing. Non-opinion haver. Yeah, not yeah. I mean, I just like the name Pluto. Come on. Uh, I feel like it, it should be a planet just to keep the Pluto name. But I mean, Pluto is a pretty cool um, dwarf planet. I think it's a very cool idea that we've actually been not been there, but like we sent like a what is it, New Horizons out there. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and there's I'm trying to actually remember see if I can bring my science knowledge into play here. So you need to have cleared your orbit. Uh, you need to be of a certain size. You need to have hydrostatic equilibrium, which basically means you have enough gravity to be a sphere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think that's that's really about it. There's like one more, I think. Uh, I don't remember, though. But Pluto, I don't know. Fight me. <laughs> Fight me. Mercury is a, definitely a planet. Don't know why, but it is. It's bigger than well, Pluto, it, right? It also must orbit a star. And it, okay, so that one's obvious uh, too. Yeah. So it's it hits every criteria. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it is a planet. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> maybe I'm changing my planet. mind. Yeah. Well, I think it's just because there's so like, there's so many Pluto-sized objects in the Kuiper Belt. That like even it's a moon is like pretty big. Karen or no, it's yeah, Karen and Io. I'm pretty sure, it's got two. Even if like. Uh, even if we counted it as a planet, that means that we'd have to start counting like everything in the Kuiper Belt as a planet. Yeah, like Sedna, like way, way, way. It's like one of the most further, the furthest distancing like uh, spherical objects in the solar system. Don't quote me on that. One of I said one of. <laughs> and then also there's like Ceres and uh, Vesta. Vesta's an asteroid, but that one's kind of spherical. I haven't even heard these names. Cruinth. Do you know what Cruinth is? No. Is that a Star Wars character? No. Cru- <laughs> <laughs> so actually, Cruinth I think is called like uh, 
jokingly called like Earth's second moon. It's an asteroid that duplicates the orbit of the Earth pretty closely that it's like always like kind of far away but close enough that it, it stays with Earth. Hmm. So it's kind of, people call it like the second moon of Earth jokingly, I think. Fun fact for you there. I did not know that. I was yes. going to say that the third thing for being a planet is that it must be big enough that its gravity cleared away any other objects of a similar size near its orbit around the sun. Ah, so that's why if Karen is nearby, which I think Karen and Io are pretty big compared. Not I, wait, why do I keep saying Io? Io is not. Io is is Jupiter moon. It's yeah. Karen. Yeah. I I apologize for those of you who are probably furiously emailing me. <laughs> Um, but Io, Io, is, Io is a moon of, of Jupiter. Yeah, please delete that email. I don't need that. Um, we could do a poll on on our social medias. Oh my lord! Yeah, is Pluto a planet? No. Yeah. JJ picks yes, no. Yeah, like, I'll say no, no. I'm riding the fence now. <laughs> no, I, well, Karen, Karen, Karen is pretty big compared to Pluto, right? I don't know. Look it up. I, I guess I'll look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Pluto, Karen. I know this is a sci- is, scientific you, podcast. How do you quantify similarly sized? Is, that, uh, is there a tolerance? Let's there? say that it's if or it's engineers? if it's at least half, or actually a third. If it's at least a third, like the moon is pretty small compared to Earth. Yeah, it's like one sixth, I think. Oh, I thought it was smaller than that. It's probably smaller than that. Well, I know it goes from like Cleveland, Ohio, like diameter wise, Cleveland, Ohio to L.A., however many miles that is across diameter wise. It's half the size of Pluto. Okay, that's similarly okay, yeah. sized. That's pretty. That's that's pretty, that's pretty thick. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's, that's a thick. thick moon. Yeah, that's a thick moon. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, yeah, our moon is not. I mean, our moon is pretty big compared to Earth. Yeah, but that's that's pretty big compared to Pluto. Yeah, that's almost like. Uh, that's like. Well, the moon was half the size of Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just block out the sky <laughs> for like oh. You know what's fascinating, too, is the moon is almost exactly 400 times smaller than the sun. So that's why, and the distance away from it is, an yeah, eclipse is like, sweet spot. it's like perfectly distance away where they can block each other out. Isn't that nuts? Well, now that the the moon's moving farther away, won't we like isn't see like, less of the eclipse? Isn't it like two centimeters a year, though? Yeah, but like, <laughs> I, I feel like, I guess two centimeters a year, we won't notice in our lifetime. <laughs> no, no, I mean like, that's... That's how do you even quantify something that small on such a astro, literally astronomical st- scale? Dude, these people, those uh, the geniuses with the slide rule back in the sixties. Now I need to do the math to yeah, see how. Figure it out. So the moon is two hundred thirty-eight thousand nine hundred miles away. Don't worry, I know that off the top of my head. <laughs> two hundred thirty-eight thousand. Uh, Nine hundred miles away. Talk amongst yourselves while I figure this out. I was gonna say, uh, the surface of uh, or Karen, the the Pluto moon, uh, it the surfaces always face each other. So Pluto's surface and Karen's surface, the same faces always face each other. Oh, so it doesn't. It's, ge- uh, it's geostationary. Yeah. It's a it's a phenomenon or phenomenon called a uh, mutual tidal locking. Oh, it's tidally locked. That's what it's called. Because they're close it, enough that and they it, stop. So the moon just rotates at the yeah, same yeah, speed. Yeah, it's, that, yeah, uh, the moon revolves at the same rate that the planet rotates. Sorry, the dwarf planet rotates. Yeah. And it's our solar system's only double planetary system. Hmm. It's pretty, the only pretty example, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Is that pretty common among like other planetary systems? 
That's a good question. I I'm, I'm not 100 percent certain. Um, but I know, I know very little about space. That's why I got on Ag Drone. Oh, is I love I, I space. Know slightly space. more about like aerospace, not astrospace. Divided by 5,280. Oh man, this is not very far. It's not moving away very far. Uh, man, this is gonna be a very small number. Another fun fact too about Pluto's moon <laughs> is that uh, a person named Christy proposed the name Karen after the mythological ferryman who carried souls across a river. A Charon, Acheron. Oh no, the river Acheron. Acheron. Ah. Come on, man! You don't read your your Percy Jackson. One of the five oh. mythical rivers that surrounded Pluto's underworld. What is it? It's Le- the River Lath, the River Acheron, the River. Liver, the river Phlegion, the river Styx. Oh, what's the last? That one's one? a good song or a good band. <laughs> Styx. <laughs> what's the, what's the last one? I can't remember the last one. Um, I think four out of five. I'll take an eighty percent. I don't remember the last one. Yeah. Also, it's like <laughs> it's like a, a five billionth of the distance from the moon every year. Oh, so not very far. Not, <laughs> to put it lightly. To put it not lightly, very not very far. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember the last name of the river. Man, that's gonna that's gonna keep me up at night. <laughs> that's gonna keep me up at night. Reread all the Percy Jackson books. Yeah, I probably should. I'll start right now, actually. No, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> I like I said, this encyclopedic knowledge of useless things. I just don't know that river, and that's gonna bother me. I won't. I'm not gonna sleep at night. Approximate knowledge of many things. Approximate knowledge of many things. Like the Lethe, you're supposed to like make you forget things. It's like the river that that people like. When people go from wow, this didn't turn from STEM into mythology podcast, but it's like there when you when you die in battle and you go to Elysium, you're supposed to like wipe your mind in the river Lethe, Leth, and it like wipes your memory so you can have like a good life, or no, that's if you get reincarnated and try to go to the Isles of the Blessed, which is outside of Elysium. If you want to get reincarnated in Greek mythology, you dip your mind in the river Leth, you forget everything, and then you go to your new life. Cool. I wish I wish I got more into that as a kid because it's so cool. It's not just Percy Jackson, but it's just yeah. like Greek mythology in general. I always thought was super interesting. Yeah. Stem podcast. What are they? Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> stem podcast. Just uh, just like add a uh, what's it, a lisp and just put the H in there for history. Wait, stem stem <laughs> podcast. Stem podcast. <laughs> oh man, yeah. The it's like well also. Well, we started talking about it because of all, like, the mythological names that, like, all the bodies are. Like, I love that <laughs> I love that Earth basically just translates to, to, like, dirt. Yeah. We're not even, like, Gaia. Yeah. Like, Gaia would be, like, pretty cool name for us to call us, but we're it just, like, dirt. Seems pretty apt, too. We're, like, the only place we've seen that even has life anyways. Yeah. So. It's, like, Mercury is, like, it, it, it's also weird. Yeah, Mercury, Mercury, why do I keep saying Mercury? Mercury. Mercury. Yeah, Mercury is Roman, and then... Venus is Roman, Mars Roman, Jupiter. All of them are Roman, um, except for I think Karen is both. Karen, Karen being the ferryman, the ferryman across the river, the river, the river Acheron, or the then the sticks. Do you want to know the river that you're missing? <sighs> Give me a hint. Tell me the ones that you know. Okay, Lethe, Phlegion, Styx, Acheron. Starts with a C. Decepticon. Wait, C, 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 C. Um, oh, this must be exciting to listen to. Uh, C, 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 C. I just have nothing. I Ends with nothing an S. About this. Ends with an S. Wait. 
Mercedes. If you actually touch the water, well, trust me, you wouldn't want to do that. No amount of cute puppy videos on the internet would ever lift your spirits again. Why can't I remember the name of this? What's the second letter? Oh. Oh? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I remember. Hang on. What does it rhyme with? <laughs> <laughs> what does it rhyme Dude, with? It Use it in a sentence. <laughs> yeah, you... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, use it as a sentence. Why can't I think of it? Starts with a C, ends with an S. Couscous. Cockitis. Oh, the cockatus. Is that what it is? The cockatus. Yeah, because the lake lake cockatus is at the bottom in Dante's Inferno. That's where I know a lot of this, too. (laughs) Dante's Inferno, y'all ever read that? No. Dante went That's on a wild. Dante went on a wild ride. I'll yeah, just say that. Yeah, Dante went on a bit of a trip. <laughs> and his rocket ship down into heck. So, uh, I guess since you said you're more of a the aeronautics side instead of the astronautics, mm-hmm. do you know? Do you know anything that's going on in the aeronautics side? We were talking about the new, uh, it's not the Blackbird, but it's the SR seventy two. Yes, <laughs> we talked about that yes. a little bit last week. Yeah. That is sweet. Son of Blackbird. Yeah, that looks cool. <laughs> the Dark Star? Dark Star, Dark yeah. Dark Star, yeah. Yeah, I've oh, flown I've flown plenty of missions on that in Microsoft Flight Sim. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time, I'll tell you that. Just go fast. Yeah. Gotta go fast. <laughs> Do you have to turn like the resolution down so you don't blow up your computer? No, my I don't mean to brag. Oh. I have a thirty eighty. And a Not 50- a 40, 80? No, I can't afford that. <laughs> I already had to sell one kidney. <laughs> I can't sell the other. No, I had a I have a 5900X processor Ryzen, oh. and then now I bu- I got the 3080, and now it runs. I can't do it in VR because you can, and I do it on my 4K monitor too. Oh yeah. But if I do it in VR, my whole computer like freezes. Yeah. I, and it yeah. it like melts my eyes. My retinas get like melted out of my head. For being too awesome. Yeah, for for being like <laughs> for being so laggy, it makes me sick. Yeah, it's like <laughs> one FPS. It's like I have like a tenth of an FPS. Yeah. The dark star, the son of Blackbird. We were also talking about. Um, so we're gonna. We're tr- there's an aviation museum nearby called the Evergreen Aviation Museum, mm-hmm. and uh, USLI is trying to see if we can maybe do some outreach with them. So if you hear this, Evergreen Aviation Museum, uh, reach out. Uh, what's your email, Nathaniel? H-A-N-N-A-N-N-A at OregonState.edu. Or Colton J, C-O-L-T-O-N-J at OregonState.edu. Uh, we would like to come out, maybe do a tour, and then host a, a, an event, uh, present, do whatever they would wish, because at the Evergreen Aviation Museum, they have the SR-71, mm-hmm. and they have the Spruce Goose. Oh, Which I you can walk inside that. of. You can, you can walk, walk inside in the spruce. You can walk goose. inside Dude, the spruce so goose. In the, uh, what is it? App- aerospace applications. Mm-hmm. They took a trip to <gasps> the. That's so cool. Yeah, to the McMinnville uh, Air Museum. I think it's the same one. Hey, yeah, that's yeah. the only one I know. Yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was like on the one day I couldn't go. Oh man. I think I had a midterm that day. Like it was just very poor, poor planning. I was so mad. But the, you can walk in the spruce goose. You can tour the spruce goose. Oh, yep. Man. And Nathaniel, what is the spruce goose for those of you that don't know? It's a very large plane. It's made out of entirely wood. Um, it is also a very heavy plane. It was yeah. it, they were, they theorized it for World War II, uh, like a cheap way of carrying troops. Turns out 
It was not cheap. Yeah, not cheap and not good. And it was barely able mm. to fly. Mm. Very inefficient. Very, <laughs> very inefficient. But uh, we learned that it's pretty cool now. Was it like 320 foot wingspan? Exactly 320 foot wingspan. Look at this Look at fat that. memory on me. With 11 inches. With what? With 320 oh, three feet with 11, 11 inches. inches. That's almost. Wait, that's taller than the SLS is tall. Or that's longer than the SLS is tall. You said 319, right? 322. Oh, so it's beating beating it by like a foot and an inch. (laughs) 13 inches. And 300,000 pounds empty weight. 300,000? Empty weight. So that's no cargo, just... So 50,000 tons? Or 150,000? Wait, no. What is it? That's 150... Math. 150 tons, right? 150 times 2,000? Yes. 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 Yes, maybe. Math? I'll fact check it. Look at three engineers. We don't know how to yep. do basic math. Yeah, algebra is hard. Algebra is hard. You make my brain hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that it's probably, it's not 15. 150 tons. Yeah, that's what I said. The second one, right? I said 150 tons. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. 150,000 tons. Dang, that's like buildings. I was thinking like one ton is two pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> not 2,000. That, that do be a lot of weight, though. That, that I mean. It's more than I weigh. <laughs> so that's a lot of weight. Yeah, how many JJs is that? That's a lot of JJs. I can't even quantify It's a lot of beaver hut. That yeah. is a lot of beaver hut. I can't even think about how much, how many me's that is. That's another simple math problem that I can't do. Mm-hmm. I, we're also in my... Oh, go ahead, Nathaniel. I was going to say, it also had a cruising speed of 135 miles per hour. Really? For that thing? That's like that's like a building flying at you. Yeah, that's pretty good. Have you ever heard of the, the Caspian Sea Monster as well? That aircraft? Uh-uh. No. It's another uh, water aircraft made by the Russians, I believe. And it, the main thing, the main science behind it was that it had four engines on it. Mm-hmm. Very long, very large. And when it was in the water flying, it would go just above the water. So that would be very efficient, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it could get to a certain location by just flying right above the water. Yes. Really? With, yes. Uh, if you if you look up the Caspian Sea Monster, you'll see this yeah, thing yeah, does look like a sea monster. You guys get to hear me type. But uh, it, it was later claimed very inefficient and uh, no, not I'm really sure. used. Whoa! Um, that thing is ugly. known colloquially as the the Caspian Sea Monster. It looks like a kraken. Well, because like, isn't it supposed to get more efficient as you fly up to like a certain level? Yeah. Theoretically, oh. by yeah. the Soviet Union, nineteen sixty-eight. High and slow. Oh, look at that! Would you look at that? <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> it's, it's flight, flight Microsoft simulator. It's a Microsoft flight simulator. <laughs> <laughs> might, have, might have to try that puppy out. Oh yeah. my. <laughs> if you can only fly over the ocean, so you're just gonna see blue. Whoa. It weighs half a million pounds. <laughs> oh my god! Whoa! The max takeoff weight. Look at the. Oh! Oh no! <laughs> it, max takeoff weight is one point two million pounds. And it took off. I don't even know how many JJs that is. <laughs> That's that is just a million. Max That's speed just... three hundred ten miles per hour. Oh my god! Whoa! But the range. <laughs> wait, where's? The... Nine, oh, that's 300 miles. 200, 900 miles. 900 miles. I mean, that's pretty far. Yeah, it's better than I thought it was. Mm. I thought it would, like, it could island hop, basically. Maximum sea state. It flies three feet off of the, the ocean. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, it turns out that wasn't very effective, huh. right? 
No, not at all. It's a surprise discovery by the United States. The subsequent attempts to determine the purpose became a distinctive event of espionage during the Cold War. Wow. Wait, largest and heaviest craft in the world. Let's click this button. Let's see what this is. Oh, this is, is the, the one from, uh, what's it called? It's a, it's a Ukrainian aircraft. Oh, really? Yes. That that wait, the Strato launch. Sorry, we're just going through a little bit of Wikipedia. Yeah, we're Wikipedia. just looking through Wikipedia. The Boeing 777. Interesting. How much how much you weigh? 400,000 pounds? That's that's that, not that's nothing. That's baby stuff. Yeah. That's now baby that we're stuff. talking about flying buildings. Anyway, interesting. Lots of interesting. I mean, like the Cold War yielded a lot of crazy ideas. So, yeah, I mean, they sure do talk about it a lot in Black Ops 1, so. <laughs> in, the, in the video game? <laughs> yes. Well, that's where, like, that's where the SR-71 came from. Yeah, just spying. Yeah, like all the different satellites that we've put up. Like, it's amazing how much, <laughs> like, uh, people being anxious about war mm-hmm. and, like, brought up all these uh, inventions. It's crazy how much the U.S. pushed for technological and just any amount of improvement just to be either better than another country or to spy on another country yeah that's that's i mean yeah it's it's amazing how much technology is pushed from that i mean there's lots of you could look back at and see how many advances that we use like today because of stuff that was either invented or heavily utilized during like the apollo missions Mm -hmm. like i think a common one people quote is velcro Oh, yeah. Or Tang. You ever had Tang? Yeah, Tang. Tang? I used that to love the, Tang. That was for the Apollo mission? Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, or it was for, like, I think it may have been, like, space shuttle missions. But uh, it was, uh, NASA did use Tang. And then they tried to make, like, these, these like, uh, soda pop. Soda pop. I'm not from the, I'm not from the South. Soda. Pop. <laughs> soda. They had these cans of soda, and they put, like, a topper on it so you could, like, save your soda in space so it didn't, like, droplet everywhere. It didn't oh, work. Oh, yeah. And another common one that people make up or that talk about is like the the ball the ballpoint pen. I actually kicked Michael in the leg. Um, the ballpoint pen that works in space, which I actually have one of those. The oh the pen that writes in space. Yeah. Because it's like a pressurized canister with oh. a little like uh I don't remember what it is. It's like a little uh like carbide steel like BB in the end. Yeah. That you use to write. And because it's pressurized you have to get like special containers. And then people were like, Oh, like the Soviet Union just used a pencil. Yeah. But for those of you that didn't know, uh, putting graphite into the air, like aerosolizing graphite into a pressurized oh, yeah. environment is not a good thing. Yeah. So that's why NASA spent like billions to, to make a ballpoint pen that writes in space. It also can write underwater too. Oh. That's another cool thing. Fisher space pens. Fisher space pens. Space yeah, that's, I believe, one of the people that make the those pens like right underwater. Oh, yeah. They, I, I, have a, I have a NASA made one. That I bought it at Ames Research Center in Sunnyvale, California. That's also where I did some of my NASA stuff. Did you do it all in, or so you did some of it in California and then some of it in Florida? So I did some of it in California and then I did some of it virtual. um, And then I would have been doing some of it in Arizona if it weren't for COVID. And then I have been to Texas, but that was like, that was like me getting like a tour um, from one of the old. I, like one of the old ISS managers mm. who my family knows and he went to like he went to like uh, no offense Oregon State but he went to Embry-Riddle which is like for like genius level oh. aerospace oh. people yeah. like Embry-Riddle is like crazy you need to be like crazy smart to go there mm-hmm. so and I was not smart enough to go well I never attempted to try to go there yeah. uh, I don't want to pay the tuition <laughs> so <laughs> and I, I was not smart enough to get scholarships by far so I, I did not attempt that. that is that like over in on the east coast like it's Iowa in Arizona 
Embry Riddle, oh. Arizona. Yeah, it, it it that that school is like uh is ridiculous. They've got like a, it, it's like a lot of like a, like a lot of astronauts or like a lot of high level like NASA workers and like aerospace workers come out of there. So, <laughs> basically, if you graduate there, you're basically going to work in industry. Yeah, but you know, you never know. Maybe I'll go. Uh, maybe I'll go look at it for a master's. Yeah, That'll be back. really expensive. <laughs> yeah, I'll go get my PhD there. Yeah, I'll just be like a couple couple million dollars in debt. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? <clears throat> then work at NASA. Yeah, working. <laughs> yeah, work at NASA, making like a hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still somehow be in debt for the. Rest yeah, of somehow be <laughs> make my children be in debt for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's a good father right there. Mm-hmm. Living the American dream. Living the American dream, baby. Yeah. Uh, basically, Johnson Space Center, one of the coolest places I've ever been. I, I want to go to every NASA center at one point. Mm-hmm. I've been to JPL, but not, like, in. They, like, stopped us at the gate. Oh. And they're like, do you have a tour planned? We're like, no. They're like, all right, well, you got to get, <laughs> get tour out. planned. Yeah, so get <laughs> out, basically. Actually, one of the one of the people I've worked with for my mentor stuff, he's actually going to work at JPL now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He... he uh, he got his master's in aerospace from ASU, and he's going to work for JPL, and that's pretty cool. I actually would love to work in California, and I think JPL is in Pasadena. So I also have – It is indeed. Is it? <laughs> yep. I it have... is also – I know this because I've been doing some research for, oh, for Caltech. Guy. This guy. For graduate school, um, they, they, they're they coincided with uh, Caltech. Ah, so you're trying to Caltech get that in. Caltech is in Pasadena. JPL is in Pasadena as well. I'm trying to get that in, huh? I mean, you know, boy, you know, had a boy. <laughs> From what it seems like, though, is that they're pushing a lot of the, the plasma, plasma propulsion. Yeah, that plasma propulsion stuff is is way out of my the, league. The I- well. ionized propulsion. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about some of the ionized propulsion, right? We're oh. studying that here, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. We actually have yeah, an we have. engine, oh. that uh, an ionized engine. Yes, we we actually want to get is that to Dr. Camburns? Yes. We actually uh, I should talk to him. We we would like to have if Dr. Cameron if you're listening to this, we would love to have you on the show uh, so you could talk about some of your research. And please reach out to h a n n a n n a at oregonstate.edu or c o l t o n j at oregonstate.edu. <laughs> we're just we're just trying to we we want to get we want to get more cool people like yourself to oh, talk. Oh, thank you. Of course. Like somebody a little more qualified <laughs> no 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 this is like something that's like way out of the realm of all of us like this is still like a highly experimental oh yeah. you know what i mean and so we we would love to hear people or we want to we want to people to hear about what he has to talk about and like how his research is and like what he's doing mm-hmm. i know a lot of it he would also be able to tell a lot about what he can't talk about but give like an idea of like oh this is going to be this like this is going to be this is going to improve this by this you know these metrics, mm-hmm. it's all that stuff is super cool. Yeah. So basically, Indeed. it just uses time travel and. Yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> all this basically, it's just time travel. You sand these wheels on this little uh, derby car here. You put it in the rocket and you launch it off. Yeah. No, you just have it an M for mini, so you turn it around to W. To Wumbo. For Wumbo. Yeah. For Wumbo. For Wumbo. Well, it looks like we're coming to the end of our time, everyone. So, uh, Michael. Thank you again for for coming in. Of course, uh, yeah. Thank you for having me. This yeah, of course. Really fun. I'm I'm glad you had a good time. Did we make it seem like it was gonna be like jail, like boring? No, no. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time, Nathaniel. Thank you for being here. Of thank course. you for being my wonderful, wonderful co-host. <laughs> of course, uh, Kyle. If you're listening, we miss you. Come back. Get better. Yeah, get, get well better. soon. Yeah, get well soon. Uh, he he's probably just got a cold, so. 
hopefully nothing to worry about. But yes, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we're going to try to have uh, another team lead on next week to hopefully talk soon. Um, but yeah, we'll keep everyone updated. And remember, at least it's not rocket science. At least it's Ooh, not rocket science. We got a tagline. All right, everyone. Have a good night. And bye.